How you doing? How you feeling? Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Tony Miller, and this is my buddy, Grumpy Bear, and we are here for the afternoon show, I guess, today on the Labor Network. Uh, sorry we are starting a little late than normal, but... Uh, as I mentioned last night, I was in D.C., so, you know, I did that, and then I came all the way back down to Richmond, capital of the Confederacy here, you know, Richmond, Virginia's for Union, do you remember us? Uh, and so that was a bit of a drive, and they were doing construction on the road, so um, what a mess, right? <laughs> uh, what a mess. So that's why we're starting quite late today, but, you know. You'll forgive me, I'm sure. Hopefully you can hear me all right. Uh, and hopefully, I'm guessing yes. So without any further ado, it is Thursday, September 28, 2023. Let's go ahead and um, make sure we've got some good vibrations for the day. Right, Grumpy? Grumpy. We need to vibrate health and wealth. Let's see. Uh, you know, I like the silver hematite one. Little silver crystal there. Feels good on our thumb. Saying, Lord, bring us good vibrations today, right? Health, wealth, get organized, get that money, right? We're going to make the money, get the benefits, and enjoy the working conditions that we've earned. We're going to get organized. We're going to form a union. Good vibrations. And, and remember... Uh, if you forget how to find us ever, which you shouldn't, you can do tln.one as it says above, but if you want an easier to remember website, www.labor.money, labor.money, easy to remember, labor.money. So that's our website. Uh, in case you forget how to get to the labor network, labor.money. We have many websites, many ways to remember. Uh, with that in mind, let's check out some of that fake news. We know Richmond has the shittiest websites ever. Richmond.com, what a piece of junk. But, uh, you know, it's Richmond, right? And people want the news. They want to know what's going on locally. So what's going on locally is that you can get a stunning new home for, for vibrant senior living at Short Pump with a huge ad. And again, still have a little bit of a stuffy nose. So I am sorry about that. It's all right here on richmond.com. Lots of ads. Man shot and killed while boarding. GRTC bus in Southside. Again, um, you know, they're trying to scare you, trying to bring bad things into your life. Uh, why? I don't know. Sex sells, violence sells, but that doesn't mean that that's your life. It doesn't mean you have to accept it. So, you know what? Tell them to stop putting that junk out. All right. Uh, second GOP debate. Well, we don't really care about that. We're not going to vote for them. I don't know what to tell you. So don't waste our time, right? Um, none of those people like working people. They can't stand you. I was one of them for a dozen years. You can see my binder, my McCain-Palin, my uh, Trump shit over here. <laughs> I was Republican for a long time. They don't like poor people. They don't like working people. I don't know what to tell you. It's part of the deal when you sign up. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Travis Hill to step down in Virginia ABC after leading transition to authority. I don't care. ABC, I mean, get me my booze. Who cares, right? Whatever. Uh, 
804 Varsity Football Player of the Week. Well, that's good for this young man. Again, we like sports for young people. Uh, that's a good thing. But then, you know, they got to grow out of it after they go to college because they're not going to be playing for the professionals. I mean, it just ain't going to happen. So, you know, let's stop worrying about all of that. Uh, you know, we love professional athletes. They're very talented people. Uh, the NFL players have had a union for 60 years. You know, you, they're all in unions until they get that money. So we love that. But um, we do spend too much time in America talking about sports, especially in working communities, especially in, you know, communities that don't have as much money as other communities. Um, if you came from a community like I did growing up, you wouldn't talk about football. I never had football. We had lacrosse. Lacrosse, that's what rich white kids play. Um, you know, they don't play this Friday night light shit. Uh, you want a better life for your kids. Let them play some football, but then, you know, let's talk about going to college, right? All right. Um, and again, I, you know, I blame, I think the media is partly responsible for that, right? I mean, look at what they're filling you up with. Um, although that's cool. First woman non-kicker to play in NCAA. So that's awesome. That's fucking awesome. So Haley, uh, good for you. That's fucking legit. So we fucking love that. Um, but again, more fucking sports cats. And it's not real news. Not real news. I can't believe this. Richmond.com. You would think a website called Richmond.com would just have great news, but they really don't. Richmond.com, of course, is Richmond Times Dispatch. Richmond Times Dispatch based uh, right down here in Richmond with me. I walked by the building yesterday. I worked in the building for numerous years. Why did you work in the newspaper building, Tony? Well, you know, when I worked for Shamin Hotels, who owns the building, they fired me for organizing hotel workers. I was one floor beneath the newspaper. True story. And uh, you should think about who owns the newspaper. Yikes. Scary. Scary. Let me adjust my camera here. Goodness gracious. You're not even seeing old, uh, old Trump up here. Art of the deal. Great book. All right. So we know Richmond.com is fake news. So... Let's spend some time talking about maybe some real news, right? And we know that real news for working people, uh, you know, oftentimes is going to include talking about the need for them to get organized, form a union. You need a union like you need a car if you are a working person in America. Uh, lots of different cars out there, lots of different trucks, vans, minivans, sprinter vans, buses, trains, planes, whatever. We're going to get you in one of them. Lots of different unions, right? So you've got cars, trucks, all different kinds of um, automobiles, Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, Chevy, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, Mercury, Lincoln, Cadillac, whatever. Uh, as there are as many different cars out there and kinds of cars. There's unions for all of you, right? So you need a car like you need a union. Which one's the one for you? I don't know. Maybe it's the Teamsters. They're fantastic. We're reading here from Teamster.org. As we do, I don't know, most days they've got a great newsroom. Um, I, I have to say they've got a great newsroom where they, they give us great, clean, easy to read and understand stories. So when I think about what I want out of news, that's what I want, right? No ads on this fucking website. Look at this. No ads, right? Uh, tells you exactly who to contact, how to get a hold of them. Very easy. So this, they're talking about the Safer Banking Act in the Senate. Uh, really, 
important for cannabis workers. So I love that. That's that to me is the part of this article that I loved the most. I would encourage you to read it. Of course, we'll link to it. We always link to our articles. But this is an example of Sean O'Brien sticking up for cannabis workers. Cannabis workers, turns out, makes sense, uh, often work in cash and cash only. That ain't safe. I've worked hotel front desk. You get robbed. I, thank God I never got robbed. Uh, sorry for those sniffles. But it happens every day. Every day, uh, folks that are working in cash businesses, working people, getting paid by the hour to manage cash. Um, we know they get robbed. They get mugged. They get threatened. So you know what? We don't want that, right? Uh, we want cannabis in the system, in the banking system. The banking system can be quite good. Uh, as you know, I spent last night with Ricky Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo, hardcore uh, finance guy. And, and we talk a lot about finance. Finance can be good. Banks can be good. Are they often run by evil, wicked people from, you know, places like uh, the Wharton School at Penn? Sure, absolutely. In fact, when I was at dinner with Ricky Ricardo last night, he is now working for a guy that went to Penn. Sure enough. <laughs> and Wharton. So, you know. Uh, again, who's fighting all of those bad banks and making sure things are good? Teamsters, other unions, you betcha. Um, I love this. As Congress works to establish the necessary guardrails around cannabis legalization, the labor and safety interests of workers must be paramount, right? So Teamsters General President Sean M. O'Brien. I uh, love that. And again, you know, who's looking out for fucking weed workers? It's fucking the Teamsters, right? You, all of us love weed. Weed's the best thing. It's the best thing. I don't know what to tell you. Don't drink nearly as much anymore. I've lost a lot of weight because of it. Uh, drinking makes me sad. I don't know. Drinking has not been great. But you know it's been great? Every day of my life, marijuana, weed, it's great. Plant medicine. Don't know what else to tell you. Uh, if you want to take control of your emotional vibration, which is hard for me sometimes, uh, plant medicine helps you out. And the Teamsters fighting for plant medicine workers. Um, so that is just fantastic. I love that, right? I love that. Real, uh, real news, union news. You need a union like you need a car. You need the Teamsters, perhaps. You need a union. I, Teamsters are great. Teamsters here in Richmond, fantastic people. In fact, you can see their sticker on my laptop now. How cool. All right, so we know... Uh, that's a piece of good news, aside from some of the junk out there. Uh, hold tight, I got a little sneak. All righty. So, you know, what should we do now? Well, one of the things, uh, before we get over to some other articles, let's do our word of the day um, quickly. Let's do our word of the day and a little tchotchke just for some fun. All right. So we're going to do our word of the day. Uh, Merriam-Webster word of the day. Um... Let's see here. Because I never know what the word of the day is going to be. Fervid. Fervid is a somewhat formal word describing people or things that express or are expressive of strong feelings. Used in a sentence. Many of the movie franchise's most fervid fans camped outside of theaters for days leading up to the new installment's opening night. Right? Um if you're a diehard nut fan, you're a fervid fan, right? So if you love Star Wars and every time there's a new Star Wars that comes out, if you are uh, waiting around crazy in the movie theater line for them, you are a fervid fan. So that's our word of the day. 
From Merriam-Webster, fervid. Are you a crazy nut for unions? Are you a fervid fan of unions? Probably not yet, but you will be soon because you got to get that money, right? Again, you've got to have the lifestyle you deserve, the money, the working conditions, and the benefits, www.labor.money. Tell your friends, come visit us at www.labor.money. Get that money, get it on union, right? All right. Um, again, some tchotchko. Let's see. A little tchotchke. Here's another tchotchke I have been using. It's an old business card from when I was in Texas. I was vice president of operations, sales, revenue management for a large group there. I keep every business card I've ever had. I think it's kind of a fun little thing, right? Um, and of course, you've seen my other little tchotchke from this week that I keep showing off. It's a shell from the one singular time I went and shot off a gun. Uh, it's interesting. I always, I like to show that picture of me with a gun so you go, well, at least he's actually used one. Uh, and I don't care for it. So not for me, but for those very nice ATF guys, I guess yes. Um, this is a little mug. It's a mug from uh, the North Beach Bar and Grill at the Hampton Inn, Virginia Beach North in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, they're a Shameen Hotel, you know. Um, so, you know, do they treat their workers as well as they should? Absolutely not. But that hotel, pretty good. Um, Lori, I think, is the general manager still. If you go there, ask for Lori Hitchler. Lori's worked there for 26 years or something crazy like that. We love Lori to death. I was general manager of that hotel for a hot week at some, you know, sometime. And I lived there. I lived on a sleeping cart. I spent a week at that hotel uh, in a cot and no bathroom. I had to go find different bathrooms to use, empty rooms. It was really gross. Um, but that's what I did when I worked hotels. Uh, wonderful place. Virginia Beach, Hampton and North. Great pizza. Ask for Matt. Matt Logan, the manager. He's great. But um, I don't know. I wouldn't stay there. I'd stay at a, well, I guess I'd stay there. You want those workers to get some of the money. I don't know. It's a complicated thing, right? You know, complicated. But what are you going to do? All right. So that was a little bit of fun before we flip back over to some news and some articles that we like to share. So we're going to do that now through Instagram. So I'm still going to have to figure out how to share this with all of you, but uh, a lot easier to go through Instagram to find articles I like uh, and share them with you all. So a reminder, shameless plug, hold tight. Only because we love Virginia Interfaith so much. We just love them. Uh, vote early, vote often. I should probably go vote today. Yeah, I probably will. I need to go vote. I need to go vote. Um, you know, again, vote for the candidates who are going to support you as a working person. Um, for me, I think my elections are uncontested. I think that when I tried to find my ballot here in Richmond, uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of contested stuff. So I don't know. But am I going to vote for somebody that's going to cut taxes for the people at the very tip top who don't even know how to spend that money, the people I used to work for? No. Um, I understand that money better than you all do. I guarantee you of that. And I'm telling you, don't vote for anybody that's going to cut taxes for the wealthy. You don't want that. So ain't going to help you. Don't vote for them. I don't even care if you're like, you know, kind of against the idea of taxation, which I kind of am. Like, I think taxes are kind of ridiculous. But uh, as Justice, oh boy, Justice Potter Stewart, maybe taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society. Who the hell? Oh, I'm going to be wrong. Oliver Wendell Holmes. Damn it. Oliver Wendell Holmes. Not Justice Potter Stewart. 
Um, Oliver Wendell Holmes said that taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society, right? Uh, these rich people, they make crazy money, right? Remember Sean Fain's video? Great video from president of the UAW kind of being like, yo, billionaires shouldn't even exist. How is this possible? <laughs> um, nobody can spend that much money. They can't. Um, I'm smarter than all of you. I'm smarter than most. I'm as smart as most of the billionaires. I don't know how many billionaires are out there. We did this yesterday. We went to the Ivy League schools and how many billionaires they've produced. Well, I know this. I've been an Ivy Leaguer for 18 years of my life. And every time I meet more Ivy Leaguers, I'm just as smart, if not as smart, or probably smarter than most of them. So that's probably true of the billionaires, too. And uh, it's true. They can't spend that money. They don't know how. Um, Shameen Hotels, Richmond, Virginia. Neil Amin making hundreds of millions of dollars, most likely, if you watch our hotel math video. Um, he can't spend it. He doesn't know how. Nobody knows how. So, you know, stop giving them the fucking uh, money. Stop doing it. Stop letting them vote into office people who are going to take that excessive wealth that gets made and redirect it to the people who built it, the people who worked to do that. In my case, in hotels, I can assure you, Neil Amin, ownership, never, ever, ever clean the room. I don't know what you think hotels sell. They don't sell fruit. They sell clean hotel rooms. So, the housekeepers clean the rooms, the front desk check them in, the breakfast host serves and cooks the breakfast, the maintenance man cleans and fixes the room as well, or fixes, they got to clean after themselves, they really do, so, uh, and the good ones do, the good maintenance fellows do, the housemen as well, uh, those are the people that make the money in the hotels, those are the people that should have it, so what can you do, but um, we need, we need taxes for that uh oliver wendell holmes oh and as you know of course we'd we, be remiss if we didn't mention that oliver wendell holmes went to harvard for both his undergraduate and law degree harvard largest endowment of all time for college best college ever send your kids to harvard oliver wendell holmes all right i love this from uh, our members be unlimited same thing I do on the labor pain show. I end every show with a little reminder. You know, you can break one of us, right? But when we're together, can't be broken. Um, I guess this is a, you know, a, a proverb from with chopsticks. I learned uh, my lesson with the pencils. I didn't learn it at Cornell. I learned it at Penn, the University of Pennsylvania. Great. First bet, the first business college in the world. Uh, the Joseph Wharton School of Business. I learned it there Whoop. from a gal who worked for a bank, big bank. It's called Lehman Brothers. Ironically, she told us that Lehman Brothers would never break. And uh, seven months later, Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. So <laughs> what did she know? Um, but a great point. This one from Unite Here. We love Unite Here. Unite Here standing up for hospitality workers across the country. We love them. So this is really important to me. Uh, it says, Unite Here, Local 23, um, members, huge grievance victory for members at Local 23, winning $15,000 in back pay for 27 workers at the New Orleans International Airport. Um, unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Happens every day. Major companies, real companies. This is an airport, right? Not some rinky-dink roadside fruit sand stand on your way to the beach. We do love those. Uh, this is a legitimate, this is MSY, you know, international airport. It's how you get to New Orleans, baby. Uh, right? Come on. And they were not paying the workers? Unbelievable. And I want you to also notice where this is. This is the kitchen. None of, um, you know, the white women named Jennifer or the 
uh, guys named Brad uh, with their college degrees, uh, especially from elite colleges, they've never worked in a kitchen. Maybe they did when they were a teen. They'll never work in one again, right? These kids go off to college. They run these companies. They are making the buku money. And from the time they're 18 years old until the time they die, they are never doing the work that working people do. They've never been in a kitchen in their life. They've never worked in a kitchen in their life. It's hard work. It is usually hot. I've never, I've never been in a kitchen that wasn't hot. They're always hot. And, you know, you're, you're moving around constantly uh, just to, you know, get the next meal out. I mean, come on. Kitchen work is hard. Uh, I cannot believe that these ladies, and, and mostly looking like ladies, always is. I know for me in housekeeping, my, my hotel is mostly housekeeping, mostly ladies. So, you know, you got to stand up for these, um, these folks. Unite here, standing up for them to get their wages, right? So um, being in a union really does work, says Rosalind Noble, 29 years, Delaware North uh, Company, uh, MSY Airport. Wow, wow. So really important that unions like Unite here exist, right? You need a union like you need a car. For these folks, they needed Unite here. So we love uh, Unite here for coming up and, and helping them get the money, the back pay they deserve. This is from uh, More Perfect Union. We cite them a lot. You know, they got some good shit. They got some bad shit, right? This is good shit. NLRB has ruled that if bosses commit unfair labor practices in the run-up to a union election, then the election will be canceled and the board will order the employer to immediately recognize and bargain with the union. Man, I wish that had been around when I filed my cards. Um, the union busted all the, the minute, the minute my gals and a couple guys signed their cards for me, which we did digitally. I have one signed physical card um, from one worker there. Uh, I will keep that card forever until one day it is sitting in Ives Hall. I swear that. The NLRB basically saying, you know, hey, we know that union busting happens a lot. We know that it happens from the get-go. If we catch a whiff of it here, once the election date gets set, you know, we're just going to say, fuck that. Here's your union. Deal with it, right? Is it going to work? I don't know. Uh, as you know, I'm skeptical of laws. Uh, my experience having worked for big companies and having worked at the very tip top, which, again, none of you have. Uh, I'm telling you this. If you're a working person, listen, you've never been as high up in a company as I've been. And I'm telling you. When laws get passed, uh, what we do at these companies is we you know, hire lawyers and go, well, how do we get around it? And when you're Neil Amin of Shameen Hotels, you're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, and you went to the best business school on the planet, not once, but twice at the tip top of your class, right? Uh, you've got some good lawyer friends, probably friends that went to law, you know, uh, after Penn, right? I mean, my <laughs> probably went to, you know, good schools too. Maybe they went to Penn Law, Penn Law, great school. Um, they can, they can help him get out of this shit. So, you know, these laws, uh, they sometimes, they make me grumpy uh, because they give people a false sense that things are going to happen. And, you know, companies are still going to union bust. Union busting makes us grumpy. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, is it a good thing? Sure. Is it going to work? I don't know. And that's why it's important that you don't leave everything up to these politicians that you talk about every day. Like, you know, they're part of the solution, but they're not the only solution. You want to get past this? Get organized in your workplace, right? All right. 
um, another little Instagrammy bite before maybe we do some reading. You know, maybe we'll do some reading here in a minute. One more Instagram because you do love sports, so we're gonna follow the only, uh, the only sports org. Well, we'll follow the major labor uh, orgs for for the players because we do love that and they deserve it. Um, again, if you are an NFL player, you're in a union. The same union that you're in as an NFL player is the same kind form of union that any worker. My hotel workers, Richmond City workers can do. No difference whatsoever. Must be that time for fall allergies. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're, as we're getting into October, it's going to get me pretty hard. <laughs> might, have to stop pop, might have to start popping a Claritin again. Um, so aside from the major you know, NFL players union, uh, et cetera, that we will follow, the only other sports league we're going to follow is the Ivy League. Ivy League, the official sports league of eight you know iffy colleges you might have heard of them harvard yale princeton penn columbia dartmouth brown and Cornell university my goodness uh whatever right so we've got it the boys are back cornell men's hockey and harvard we're playing harvard um when are we playing harvard i can't you know who knows right when are we? Oh, look at how cute these boys are. I love that. Oh, Ithaca Beer Company. Terrible. We, we, we are angered that the Ithaca Beer Company is in that location. For many years, it was College Town Bagels and Ruloffs. I cannot believe they got rid of Ruloffs. It makes me very sad. These boys are never going to go to Ruloffs. What a sad, sad thing. But uh, we wish... The Big Red Well. I don't know when they are taken on Harvard, but that's always a big game when we play Harvard. Uh, we throw fish on the ice. We're kind of rude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then before we get into some reading, um, I didn't know this because, you know, I don't know things. Uh, look at this. Do you know who J.C. Treader is? J.C. Treader is the new president of the NFL Players Association. And he's Cornell ILR. We love that. Oh, my gosh. He's Cornell ILR. Um, ILR 2013. So he's four years younger than me, which means he's probably around, I don't know, 32, 33. So he's young. We love young leaders. We love ILR leaders in labor. So you know what? We love this. We're going to talk about that. And uh, JC Treader, you should come on and talk with us here at the Labor Network. We are Cornell. Gosh, we got a perfect score. ILR 648. Come on. We got to, we got to, uh, you know, follow him and we're going to, uh, follow Cornell ILR as well. Cornell ILR. Uh, love that. Here at Cornell University School of Indust College of Industrial and Labor Relations. So if ever there were a college that is made for the work that we talk about here at the Labor Network, my goodness, it should probably be this school here. The School of Industrial and Labor Relations. Look at that. Um, I love that. Minority ILR. Yes. ILR, public school at Cornell University. So, you know, uh, you also get some dummies there from, uh, uh, you know, New York kids. So you meet a kid in ILR and like, hey, man, I'm from Westchester County. Uh, I'm from Chappaqua. Okay, well, couldn't get into Penn. All right, got it. You meet a kid at ILR and like, hey, man, my name, I'm from Long Island. Uh, you know, my name's Ricky or Bobby or Jimmy or Joey or Johnny or Jay. I'm an ILR, man. Okay, I'm from, right over the Throgs Neck Bridge, man. I don't know why they're talking like that. Uh, that's great. It's my, it's my Long Island day. You know, I like, hey, I'm Johnny, I'm Ricky, I'm Bobby, I'm Jimmy, I'm Joey. I, uh, you know, I come to New York, I get off the Frog's Neck Bridge, you know, and I'm in ILR because uh, I couldn't get into Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Penn, Columbia, 
uh, Dartmouth and Brown, right? Yeah. All right. Great. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm just te- well, kind of half teasing. That is true. They you, they have to. They're obligated to let in you know, kind of kind of dummy New York kids. But if you're out of state and you meet them in ILR, they got to get in just like everybody else. Very difficult, actually. Um, maybe we know some some ILR labor leaders. Uh, there's quite a few. <laughs> Uh, but that's fantastic. Cornell University College of Industrial and Labor Relations pumping out the new president of the NFL Players Association. So we love that. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. All right. Uh, we are now going to switch in to a little bit of reading. We're going to get lit to it here. Um, hold tight. So the other day... Had some fun. We read from Bill O'Reilly, culture warrior himself, Bill O, uh, telling us about, you know, what we need to be afraid of, right? Bill's good at that. So we're going to read from him a little bit again. But again, I don't want to be up in your face. Uh, as I read this, it makes me awkward. It makes me feel awkward. <laughs> uh, we've got Richard III as our card. Richard III lost at the Battle of Bosworth Hill, ending the War of the Roses. Owen Tudor had been exiled across the pond, right? House of Tudor finally getting its day, establishing themselves as the reigning house under Henry VII up until, you know, Queen Elizabeth, uh, up through Queen Elizabeth I, the house of Tudor. That's your little lesson for today. But from Bill O'Reilly, chapter three, the forces of tradition, right? Uh, let's read from Bill O'Reilly. On October 7, 1996, the Fox News Channel went on the air with about 15 million potential cable-subscribing viewers out of a U.S. population of about 300 million. At the time, the prevailing and smug wisdom in broadcast circles was that FNC would die a gory death, just like CBS Channel for cable Eye on America. CNN patriarch Ted Turner was quoted as saying that his network, network would, quote, Squash Fox News like a bug, end quote. That squishing sound you hear is Turner's prediction underfoot. Ted's prognostication turned out to haunt him, as Fox News now reaches more than 80 million American homes and consistently hammers CNN in the ratings. The reason is simple. Fox News Channel is far more interesting to watch and allows traditional points of view to be heard, something CNN rarely does even on big breaking news stories like hurricanes and terror bombings when no point of view is necessary, Fox News dominates. Bill O'Reilly, culture warrior, right? Um, So let's think about that, just what he had to say there, right? Very important as we think about how we communicate and get organized. Um, Labor people, organizing people, they tend to fight a lot. I don't really get it. I've only been here in this space for about a year. I got fired September 13th, 2022. So literally a year and a couple of weeks, right? I don't understand why people in labor don't get together and, and kind of work on their common good. Bill and his buddies at Fox, they get it, right? 300 million Americans. Uh, now it's probably 330, but I get his point. So we're going to do some math. Not the math. And we're going to do that with Bill and Fox News, right? So Fox News says that they're getting, uh, 
let's see here, just to quote that number again, 80 million people. They are saying they're getting 80 mil out of 300 million. And you know what? Let's just say that they're right. That sounds right. Okay. So let's see what percentage that is. And, and again, we know that now it's uh, more, but that book was written in 06. So we'll use the 06 numbers. It's fine. I'm sure as the population has gone up, their ratings you know, go up with it, probably in a linear kind of a way. All right. So Fox News, they're telling us that 80 million people out of 300 million people watch. Well, what is that percentage? Well, we know, uh, let's see, we know the zeros cancel, so we can do 8 out of 30. 8 divided by 30, 8 out of 30 people, huh? Well, we can reduce that. We know that that's the same as 4 out of 15, right? We divide by 2 both sides. So 4 out of 15 Americans is what he's saying is watching Fox News. Uh, at one point in time, all right, that's probably right. So 4 out of 15, well... We're going to do some division. Uh, four. We know four, 15. Yeah, it's like, like a quarter. Uh, we could multiply four times four. We get 16. 16 is close to 15. So we're thinking in our heads roughly 25%. That's what we're going to guess, right? So we're going to go four divided by 15. And look at that. It equals 26.6666666 repeating percentage. All right. So let's write that down. 4 divided by 15 equals 26.6 repeating. We put the line over the 6 um, to let you know. And again, that's a percentage, so we multiply by 100. And our units did cancel. Our millions over millions cancel. Mrs. Shuck would be happy about that. Your units have got to cancel. Uh, don't know what to tell you. It's very important in engineering. And Mrs. Shuck went to the C's College the School of Engineering and Applied Sciences at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, excellent school for engineering. Is it as good as Cornell Engineering? Maybe not. But is it damn good? And is the University of Pennsylvania a better school than Cornell? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so Mrs. Shuck, Ivy Leaguer herself teaching me math. So Bill is telling you that 26% of people watch Fox and they consume it with regularity. Ted Turner... Ted Turner was wrong. Ted Turner went to Brown. We love Brown. Uh, interesting that Ted Turner went there, right? Ted Turner, Brown University alum, uh, not winning. So 26%, one out of four, right? Because we know we're going we're gonna to do some math here. So 26.6, that's about 27, right? That's about 27%. So if you think of a circle, a pie, well... 25% of the pie is a quarter of the pie. 25 divided by 100, you're just going to have to trust me on this, is 4. And so, you know, that shading here on the on the pie, that's 25%. Bill is saying, you know, he gets 27. Fox gets 27% of viewers. So maybe it's like adding one more sliver of a little piece of the pie, right? One tiny little extra bite. That's 27%. 27% of people watching the television... In America, I mean, no, 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 27% of Americans, 27% of Americans are listening to this guy talk and hearing his points because he does them with clarity, he does them with humor, and he understands you got to stick with the message. So when I talk to you, I'm telling you, uh, trying to get you to understand that the same way, right? Um, you need to get organized. 
You need to have a message. The message is this, get organized, right? Fox News, powerful communicators. The clean and simple messages, right? And that's how they're getting one out of four people to watch. They call it traditionalism. <laughs> uh, and here's what he says. And then there's me. So we're going back to Bill O'Reilly. So he says, and then there's me. While I am perhaps the strongest traditionalist voice on Fox News team, my perspective does not translate into conservative ideology. As anyone who watches the factor knows, we scrutinize all the powerful all the time, no matter where their politics lie. For example, I have scorched the Bush administration for its failure to secure the borders, its apathy towards alternative energy and environmental concerns, and its mistakes in post-Saddam Iraq, among other issues. And everyone in the nation's capital knows there is no political cheerleading on the factor, period. We are watchdogs, not lapdogs. Wow. Bill O'Reilly standing up for the normal American, right? So he says. Where's that in labor? I don't know. You know, uh, maybe we'll be that one day, me and Grumpy, because, you know, we keep things simple, right? Bill, keeping it simple. Bill's telling you, I'm not political. I love that. I hate everybody, right? <laughs> That's an easy to understand message, right? Um, you want to win, keep things simple. You know, deliver the framing like Bill, right? So I'm telling you, you want to get more money? You, you need to get that labor done money? Uh Join a union, form a union. We're going to help you do that and get organized, right? So with that in mind, uh, we're going to be watchdogs like Bill, right? We're going to, we're going to watch him, Grumper. So let's now turn to uh, one of my favorite segments of the day, and that's Little Caesar, cheats you, cheats you. Every day we are going to go through the Virginia, because we are in Virginia, and Virginia is for unions. Um, we are going to go... <sighs> to the House of Delegates website or the Senate. We're still in the House. We've got about 30 more members of the House to do. And we are going to go and inspect them and see, you know, what the hell are they uh, really up to? And are they like normal people? Do they have backgrounds that a normal person would have? Do they sponsor and write legislation that is for working people? It's all here. It's all publicly available. So we started District 1. I think we're now in the 60s. I think we stopped with Carrie. Uh, we stopped with Carrie yesterday. So we'll start with Dawn today. We're going to do Dawn. One, two, three, four, five. We'll do, we'll do Dawn through Skyler. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's go to Rodney. We'll do Dawn through Rodney because then we'll stop at this vacancy in the 74th elected, you know, Lamont Bagby going to the Senate. Uh, I met Lamont Bagby. Uh, well, I thought he was a nice guy, and I definitely think he um, would stand with working people. So if you're going to vote for him, you're going to see his name on the ballot. Maybe you should vote for him. I don't know. Uh, personally, I didn't think he gave me um, the interaction and the conversation that I was looking for and that I felt I was worthy of. Uh, but that's my one-man opinion, right? And so maybe Lamont has helped you. Um, I know Lamont raises a lot of money for labor orgs that help working people. So maybe he's the candidate for you. Maybe. Not for me, though. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> and uh, that's the fun part about um, politics is you get to be picky with these people and you get to demand uh, whatever you want out of them. And you know what? I have strict scrutiny. What can I tell you? So this is Dawn. She's been around since 18 in the House. And that's good because it's not a long time. So we like that uh, from Chesterfield as well. I'm going to sneeze. Hold tight. All right. Sorry about that.
and part of Richmond, although, yeah, she's close to where I am, I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, very close. Dawn describes uh, herself as a female Caucasian um, with a spouse named Maggie. So maybe she's maybe she's gay. Well, I like that. I mean, if her spouse is Margaret and she's a female, I love that. I'm going to go ahead and assume she's gay. Well, that's it. She wins. <laughs> uh, we definitely need gay people in the legislature for damn sure. Um, nursing from James Madison. I love that. My sister is a nurse. Went to Maryland, so I can relate that. Well, a lot of us know nurses. Nurses, a lot of us have family members who are nurses if we're working people. That's So that's, um, we love that. We love nurses. Nurses do a lot of the work that uh, you know, doctors don't do, and the doctors make the money. My friends are doctors. Your friends are nurses. Let me assure you. I know how it goes. Uh, so I like that. Very relatable. Nurses are very relatable people. Yes, we love nurses. All right. What is she doing uh, legislation-wise? Psilocybin. Uh, done. Absolutely, yes. We love it. She loves plant medicine. She understands that psilocybin is a powerful plant medicine with benefits. We love you. We love you, Dawn. We're gonna we're gonna support you. See how easy that was. Dawn's a lady. She's a lesbian. She, and she loves the shrooms. See how simple that was. Easy, easy peasy. Um, that's how you know she's a good person. Betsy, Betsy, been around for thirteen years in the legislature. That's a long time. It's a long time. Uh, but you learn things. That's fine. Minority caucus. That's not too long. Maybe. Um, minority caucus treasurer. Okay. In the city of Richmond. All right. Uh, born when Truman was the president. That's scary. Too old. Um, you know, Trish is a nice lady. Again, we love older executives sometimes. We love some people. Uh, you know, we, we need to do better with people as they get older in America, but they should not be writing the law. Um, sorry, Betsy, but you know what? Shame on, um, us for not putting up other candidates, right? So what are you going to do? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, young women's, yeah, I love that. Why don't you say that's good? I mean, so a lot of, you know, good things here. Um, engineering companies, architects, she must be pretty clever, but that's old. I'm so sorry. That's really, why are there so many fucking people in the Virginia house that were elected, with either fucking Roosevelt, Truman, or Eisenhower were running around the office. Well, I don't know if Roosevelt was running, uh, but uh, wheeling for sure. All right. Well, you know what? We can't hold Betsy's age against her. Is she writing good legislation? Maybe she is. A lot of celebrating and commending. We don't like that. Um, the Science Museum. Okay. All right. So some school board stuff. Literacy grants. We love that. We love that. We love education for children. Um Affordable housing. Let's see. Okay, good. Affordable housing. All right. Well, good job, Betsy. Good job. Affordable housing. We love that. We love that. And we're grateful that you're doing legislation like that. But you are too old to be in office. We need to get young people in there. So shame on the people of the 69th district for not sending somebody younger in and making poor Betsy do that. All right. Dolores McQuinn. Dolores Member since 09, Sergeant at Arms. All right. Kind of near us, Enrico, right? Richmond. Mm. All right, Dolores. What's going on with you? Well, you described yourself as a female African American uh, from Enrico. So win, win, win. Love that. Done. Uh, VCU. Hell yeah. VUU. Oh, yes. These are the kind of people. Uh, and an NAACP award. Fantastic. Yes. These are the kind of people that you want writing the law. Yes, very relatable to a working person. Uh, so fantastic. Reduced prescription programs. 
Fantastic. Qualifying fruits and vegetables. Yes. Yep. Perfect. That's great legislation. That is phenomenal legislation. Getting people to eat more vegetables and helping them get that, that is going to fix their life. They're going to feel literally feel better. I know I do. I feel better. Look at me. You've seen fat tone. This is more vegetable tone. Um, so I'm super in love with that, Dolores. Thank you. Uh, what else? Yep. Absolutely. You're operating a public transit vehicle. That is a shitty hard job. And we need to be fighting for those people. Transit ridership. Yes. Public transit. Ah, Dolores, you're making me so happy. Um, these are great things, Dolores. Good, good work. Good job. Good job. All right, Jeffrey Bourne. Jeffrey, uh, been around since 17 in the Delaton house. That's not bad. That's good. That's good. Um, personal info. 1976, good. Not too old. Hartford, Connecticut. African American. African American. A black Episcopalian. Now, that's not something you see. Oh, boy. College of William and Mary. And then College of William and Mary Law. So a lawyer, that's always scary. But, you know, watch out for lawyers. But, my gosh. A black Episcopalian went to William and Mary not once but twice. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, that's that's usually a clever person. William and Mary, excellent. You know, we talked about this on our Ivy League nonsense yesterday, right? Colonial colleges. There's nine colonial colleges. Seven of them are Ivy League. That means two are not. The two that are not, well, one of them is the College of William and Mary. William and Mary has been around forever. Uh, it's a very prestigious college. Great networks that you're going to do there. Let's see. Huh. Well, I don't like that. Um, I don't like that at all. I mean, people smoke pot. Doesn't mean they can't raise their kids. My gosh. Uh, mentorship and stewardship. Yeah, this is good. Teacher mentor programs. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. And again, you're talking, you know, you're using your time to write legislation about the school, right? Um, if you are a mental health emergency, yeah, absolutely. Standing up for people that are, you know, going through tough times and, and tough mental health, right? Uh, rebuilding or improvements to historic buildings. Well, I love that too, personally speaking. Um, I do. I think uh, anytime we can invest in structures that are already here. So, you know what? Not half bad, Jeffrey. Not half bad. Skylar T., uh, Van Valkenburg. Let's see. Number 18, not too long. Uh, Henrico, right near us. Probably represents many Shameen Hotel workers. Uh, 82, well, we like that. Um, VEA, teacher, that, maybe, maybe a teacher. If so, even better. Hell yes, teacher went to U of R and then VCU as a teacher. Yes, yes, more teachers in elected office. Uh, Lamont Baggy told me he was a teacher, so I guess <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I should think about that. <laughs> um, but yes, I love this Skylar, a teacher. Fantastic. Um, thank the Lord, you know, not too old either. <laughs> but are you writing good legislation? Affordable housing? Yep. For public servants. Done. Love it. Um, requires emergency medical services and report incidents. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, again, you're trying to care for people. <laughs> Oh, I love this. Hell yeah. Skylar going after fucking dumb adults who leave their guns lying around. Um, my gosh, thank God we finally found a legislator who isn't interested in shooting up the place. Because every other person other than Skylar that we've seen, from crazy old Marie to Buddy to all the rest of them, they, thank God Skylar is like, no, people shouldn't be shooting each other. All right, good job, Skylar. You win. You win. You're, you're good. Yeah, not hard to be good. We have a pretty low bar here at uh, at the labor network <laughs> and then rodney before we get to that vacancy so rodney what are you up to rodney been around from 2020 in the house that's not bad that's good 
Um, you don't want to tell us when you're born. You're probably old, which is fine. Uh, but you know what? Here's what we're going to do. See, you know, it's funny. They always tell you, you know, you can't ask somebody when you're interviewing when they're born. And you go, well, if you're halfway intelligent, you don't need to. You just do this, right? College of William and Mary got his BA um, and his JD. Gosh, that is, that is impressive. Um, 85, right? So guess what? William and Mary, not some shitty state school. Uh, so everybody that graduates there, 99% of the time, is 22 years old. Elite schools don't have 16-year-olds that go to college. It's a re- that's not for elite colleges. <laughs> that's that's different. So guess what? He was 22 when he graduated at William and Mary. Because everybody in an elite college graduates at 22. They don't you don't find weird old people <laughs> figuring out their life again in elite college. Uh, well, we love that though. We do love that. I'm I'm, I'm being a snob. Um, but 85, which means he was born in 63. He was born in 63, means he's 60 years old this year. So happy big 60, Rodney. Um, but he's 60 years old. Yeah, kind of old, kind of old. Not too old, but kind of getting there. You're getting there. Um, but a lawyer, oh, a lawyer and a consultant. So that's dangerous. <laughs> My gosh. Somebody tells you that they are both a lawyer and a consultant and you are a working person, run. Last night, was I at dinner with you know, multiple people who described themselves as in that way? Perhaps, yes. <laughs> but I can handle them. You can't. They're scary. They're dangerous. Watch out. Uh, Rodney, what are you writing here? Um, landlord. Uh, why is he fighting for landlords? I don't like that. Dependency. I don't, I don't quite. Maybe that's trying to get folks. Maybe that's trying to help get uh, financial aid. Uh, I really am not sure what's going on here. A service worker. Oh, good. Well, I like that. No beating up service workers. Yeah, good. Okay, well, that seems like a good piece of legislation. All right. Not bad, Rodney. Not bad. House adjourns. Signy die. 621. My lucky number. April 12th. Sailor Mars. Birthday. Sailor Mars. Her dad was in the, the Maryland House of Delegates. So very, very, very similar to this, right? Uh, I love that. And that's why I don't have a lot of... Um, admiration and overdue worshiping of the office because i know somebody in the house of delegates he's my best friend's dad and i, I love that guy who's great uh, great guy ups and downs just like every other one of these people right just a normal human being better father than uh most though i mean he's an excellent dad so i gotta shout out to sailor mars's dad um definitely you know but all these people in the house you saw how many of them have children most of them a lot of them are just parents normal people they got to get their kids from school, right? So you always have to remember that they're normal people. All right. Well, let's find out who bought and sold these normal people. <laughs> We're going to do Dawn through Rodney, Dawn Adams. Because again, you know, everybody has a price. And we got to find out what that price is. Oh, she lost in the Senate. What? Okay. Uh, the House Democrats? Okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, her own private stuff? Okay, that's fine. Somebody named Scott Adams, probably related to her. That's big fucking money. Um, Emily's List, that's a good thing. The U-Crop, I know their store. It's a good store. Okay, well, I can't really tell. Just seems like a normal Democrat there. But hey, uh, you know, gay people in office. I mean, I'm pretty gay, so I guess I should like that. Uh, right, so sorry, just flipped over, meant to flip over here. We're finding out who, uh, you know, all of your favorite politicians, they're bought and sold, um, sadly. All of them. So it's important to know, you know, will they stand up to these people sometimes? Yeah, uh, it is possible. It is possible. It is unlikely, but it is possible. Betsy, we liked a lot of her legislation. We actually did, but uh, she's too old. She's too old to be in office as a legislator. 
Ridiculous. Betsy didn't see the internet for the first time until she probably had grandchildren. That's insane. That's not somebody that should be writing a law. Um, and that's what happens. They, you know, old people, especially old people, uh, they get bought and paid for. Um, the realtors, car owners, uh, beer, wine, right? Man, that's sad. That's really sad to see. Uh, you just you worry about that. And one person giving $200,000? Who the hell has that kind of money? Um, scary. That's scary. The money in politics, it's scary. Dolores McQuinn. Gosh, we did we we loved the Dolores' stuff. My goodness. So it is, I mean, again, just because these folks are paid for it doesn't mean they're not doing good work. They can, but it is complicated. And we want you to understand that. Oh shit. The number one donor for Dolores is the power company. That sucks. That sucks. That's scary. Um that's that makes me really nervous, man, because I liked a lot of her shit. Um, plenty of good people here, but, uh, I mean, Dominion Energy, is that the people we want writing our law, the power company? No, come on. Uh, Jeffrey Bourne. All right. <laughs> William and Mary, twice over. That's how I'm going to remember him, maybe. Uh, it's impressive. Okay, trial lawyers, that's bad. Uh, maybe. <sighs> Depends. And there's some The power company, Allen, 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 and Allen. Absolutely terrible. Are you joking me? George Allen's family? Come on. Terrible. Um, but not a lot of money, right? So that's that's actually pretty good. Because we should be looking at the size of the money. Um, we should. You can see it here. You know, people, Skyler Van Valkenburg. Okay, I bet you there's not a lot of Van Valkenburgs. A lot of Skylers. The Democrats, another per a person here, some person with $325,000. Who the hell has that kind of money? Um, Planned Parenthood, that's a good thing. Uh, that's actually good. Every town for gun safety. Fuck, that sounds good. All right, well, you know what? I like this. You're going to get money from anywhere. This seems to be like the place to get it. Um, so I like that. And Rodney, will it? We got to look up old Rodney. Look how easy this is. Look at how easy VPAP is. Rodney, you don't even need to know... Last name, we can still find old Rodney. House Dems, makes sense. Democratic Party, makes sense. Planned Parenthood, that's good. Gun safety, that's good. Good. Checks out. So again, um, sometimes there's you know, good money. Sometimes there's bad money. I don't know. It's complicated. But it is important that we go through your legislators. Everybody talks about the law. I know the law. I've got opinions about the law. This party or that party. I know things. Um, you know, we, we get it. You know things. That's why you um, know everything about how the laws get made, written, and whatnot. So, you know, that is your Virginia um, legislators, right? All right. Time for us to take a break. Immediate change before I come back. We're going to read a little more. Of course, we've got to read from the Illustrated Black History book, a few more articles, etc. here on the, the morning show, this time being done in the afternoon. My goodness. So uh, before we do that, you know, as always, as always, we've got to shamelessly give a plug for the Red Derby, right? We got to do it. It would be illegal. It would be immoral, unethical, just dastardly behavior to not share the Red Derby. We've got Daniel and Roe here. I love it. Look at how cute they both look um, for Queer Night. They both would describe themselves as queer. I would, I would say so. Um, I love, I love both, and they're both so adorable. Oh, we love Daniel and Roe. 
hung out with them yesterday, which was really fun. Well, I hung out with Daniel yesterday, not Ro. I haven't seen Ro in about a week, but Daniel. I saw Daniel and Joe yesterday. They're fantastic. Uh, Y2K drinks, right? Uh, like a G6 for $3.50. Uh, like a G6. Don't um, think people know this, but that was my freshman year townhouse. G6. Cornell University townhouses. They were great. Four of us have a legit townhouse. Kitchen, little back dining room, living room, furniture. Uh, it was very nice. Cornell had nice, you know, they sent um, a, a maid who I hope was making good money. I hope they paid her well to clean our bathroom every week too, which was nuts. And we had air conditioning. So go fuck yourself, everybody. Because uh, the dorms at Cornell, most of them don't have air conditioning. Uh, you would think with that, you know, what is about and down this $10 million, something like that. Get air conditioning in Dixon Hall. No, there will never be air conditioning in Dixon Hall. And I love it. Uh, Cornell University freezing. It's freezing at Cornell. Gosh, 12 months in the year. Seven out of the 12 months. Eight out of the 12 months are cold. <laughs> so you don't need air conditioning except for like the first month when you get back. And the townhouses have it, baby. Oh, and the end of the year. Like slope day, you need air conditioning. So, yeah, we love that. Actually, you really don't. Around end of the semester, it's pretty. So G6, my old townhouse. Uh, G6. I live right next to G5, one of my closest friends. I'm seeing her this weekend. Her name is Gravy. She was born the day before me, June 1. I was born June 2. She lived one door down from me in G5. I lived in G6. What a story. So I'm going to get changed, and we will be right uh, back. But shameless plug, go to Y2K Queer Night Party at the Red Derby. Hang out with Daniel Monroe. All righty. We are back. Thank you for letting me move around, get changed into my Deer Valley sweatshirt, Deer Valley, where the white girls go. They love Deer Valley. Um, you're a consultant. You work at McKinsey and Company. And you, you know, you graduated from Penn. You're hanging out at Deer Valley. You're going to the, the montage. You're hanging out at the booth. You're for $700 a night, which is fine. You know, hey, I love Deer Valley. It's very pretty. Um, went there on a trip to Park City. That is white people nonsense, right? All right. So since we're back, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, another article from one of our major union friends. Because again, you need a union like you need a car. We know that in order for you to get the wages, the benefits, and the working conditions that you deserve, you absolutely uh, need to be in a union. We'll help you find the right one. There are many unions out there. Here's a good one. Culinary Workers Union, Local 226 out of Las Vegas. Press release, Las Vegas hospitality workers vote by 95% to authorize a strike on the Las Vegas Strip. Isn't that awesome? Look at this. 60,000 hospitality workers in Nevada, 53,000 of whom are based in Las Vegas, right? I don't even need to describe Vegas to you. You all know what Las Vegas is. I love this article, and I'm going to tell you why. Vegas is nuts, right? Um, I don't think there's any person out there who doesn't understand how crazy a Vegas hotel must be. You go to Vegas. I mean, think about how many drinks get poured. Think about how much food gets eaten. Think about the excessively bad behavior that every single person who goes and stays in a Las Vegas hotel room gets up to, right? And who has to take care of those hotels? The workers, the hospitality workers. Who has to make you all of these meals that you order drunk out of your mind? The kitchen workers. You think they can do that? Uh, by getting in, you know, nine to five? Hell no. Hell no. 
hospitality work is so hard. You've got to get up super early. You don't go home until super late. You're getting paid nothing to do it. And again, this is the work that white men named Brad and, and girl, their girlfriends named Jennifer, they're not doing. They're not doing this work. They're not cleaning the kitchen. They're not serving you while you're at a resort. You think somebody named Jennifer has ever worked at a resort? Are you fucking kidding me? No, no. So sorry. No. And you got to fucking make Jennifer and Brad pay. You got to. You got to make them pay. Uh, they're going around. They live a fancy, easy life. You know, they do they make a lot of money. Maybe not. Uh, are they bajillionaires? No. But um, are they the kind of people who take advantage of working people unbeknownst to themselves? Yes. So you got to get organized. You got to form a union. You got to do what these workers in Vegas are doing at Culinary Worker Union 226, right? You got to fight the power. You got to stand up. Um, I, I, it, I just, it's, it's ridiculous to think of how little these folks get paid and how much they do to make your life go flow so smoothly. You have uh, no sense of, of that if you are a you know white girl named Jennifer with her communications degree from some mid-grade college. She's never worked a day in her life, right? She's got a white collar job at a computer. She goes, beep, beep, boop, boop, getting on some meetings, having some meetings about other meetings. And they pay her 90 grand, 100 grand a year. Um, and she goes around and just eats food at restaurants. You know, these culinary workers are working like Hebrew slaves to, to feed Jennifer and her boyfriend, Brad. Um, they absolutely should go on strike if they have to. They are worth so much more than they know. Uh, flipping over to another outlet and a different kind of working person story. So this is from ABC. We don't typically use major news. Uh, typically, it's filled with ads, and it's very uh, you know dirty laundry, like Don Henley would say. But because I am a DC girl, and I probably always will be one, um, this story is important to me. Uh, this is Willie Joe Price. This is talking about the government shutdown. So Willie Joe Price has worked in the cafeteria at the Library of Congress for 42 years and told ABC's Rachel Scott a government shutdown would impact her abilities to pay the bills. Um, she's living paycheck to paycheck, right? So I have no, uh, you know, we follow Greg Kassar on Instagram. We met Greg Kassar. So follow Greg. He's got some good ideas about this. Maybe we'll pull Greg's Instagram up. Um, I went to D.C. yesterday and I was talking at the bar, my Red Derby, uh, with a worker. She is a, a contract worker, uh, federal contract. And so, you know, she lives paycheck to paycheck, right? She pays her rent, um, eats her food, pays for her, you know, her life paycheck to paycheck. When If the government shuts down, um, my friend, uh, her name's Deanna. I met Deanna yesterday. Deanna won't be able to make her mortgage payment. I mean, what's wrong with these people? Don't vote for them. Don't vote for anybody who would shut the government down. This is ridiculous. This is the government. You cannot yank people's lives around like this for politics and theater. Do I like the theater and the show of it? Yeah, come on. Who doesn't sometimes, right? But in reality, no. Uh, because real people like Willie Joe and my friend Deanna, uh, they get hurt. And people think that D.C. is filled with these powerful, wealthy people. And it's not. And it is. Yet it is. Um, a handful. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, there's 535 people in Congress, right? Are they powerful? I don't know. P 
Personally, I don't think so, but a lot of you would say yes. All of you would say yes. So we'll go with you. Um, that's 535 people. Okay. That's, you know, nothing compared to how many federal number of federal employees were schmoogling it. Because thankfully it's government, so they, they have to keep these answers. Um, OPM, that's Office of Personnel. Uh, total all agency, 1.8 million people, right? 1.8 million people. Uh, federal civilian employees. So uh, not post office, right? Um, civilian, so not military. Uh, 1.8 million people. That's a lot of fucking people, right? A lot of them are in D.C., by the way. I mean, right? About 300,000. And if you add Northern Virginia, goodness gracious, right? Uh, but this is Maryland. Okay, so this is that. It's, it's almost 300,000, right? 300,000 people being controlled by 535 people fucking around. No, 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 no. It's the government. The government needs this money to pay regular people. It gets the money from the wealthy people who have too much of it. Not you, not me, not even your rich uncle. Everybody's got some rich uncle that always has, you know, a nice car and whatever, whatever. Your rich uncle isn't the problem. The billionaires that aren't paying into this system to fund these ones, they're the problem. And nobody cares. Um, you know, you all let 50% of the government, and me included, I voted for these knuckleheads a long time ago, right? I can't believe that. Shame on me. Because of people like me voting for people who would shut the government down, right? Uh, people like me being irresponsible. We are forcing people like Willie Joe um, into some really bad stuff. So you know what? Um, don't. You're going to go vote. We're going to vote early. We're going to vote often, right? And we're not going to vote for people who would shut the government down. We're just not. You know, we're going to vote. Um, we're not going to vote for a Republican in Congress. So sorry. Bad news, even if they're my best friend, which I have more Republican friends than you ever will. Anyone listening to this, most of my friends, uh, a lot of my good ones are. So, you know, but I can't vote for their people. I just can't do it. Um, this is evil what they're doing to Willie Joe. So bullshit. It's got to stop. And with that in mind, you know, we flip on over to UAW, right? Same story, same idea, different words, different people, but it's the same idea. We talk about it every day, right? There's the people with power, financial, educational, and social capital, lots of money, big fancy degrees, all that shit. And they, they come up with these models or these reasons for not paying people what they're worth. Bullshit. You need a car. You need, you need a car. You need a union like you need a car, but you also need a car like you need a union, Right. I have a car. I drove it yesterday a lot. I drove 200 something miles yesterday in a car. Uh, you need United Auto Workers to make these parts. They need to be paid whatever the fuck they say they're worth, right? You can't, you know, <laughs> we're going to go to my LinkedIn page one of these days and, and show you what it's like to have these phony cockamamie bullshit white collar jobs. I don't need them. I, I have friends with titles such as, you know, senior director of business performance and analytics. No, not real. Head of business development. No, don't care. Don't need that person. I need a fucking car. And I need the United Auto Workers to make the parts for my car. So whatever it is they say they need, we're just going to trust them because they know best how to get me the pieces for my car. Pay them what they're worth. This is obviously so easy, right? Joe Biden, our boy, Joe. Joe is fighting for these workers. He is on the picket line with them. We love that. We love you, Joe. Yeah, we love Joe. We love Joe. Joe loves working people. 
uh, true story, you know, Joe, no elite education with Joe Biden, University of Delaware and Syracuse law. Not, not good. <laughs> I mean, they're fine, but uh, they're not elite. I'm sure Joe Biden has spent most of his life being made fun of in DC for not having an elite education. Um, standing up with, you know, UAW workers, standing up for working people. So when these workers tell you, we make the shit that you want, you fucking want our cars, right? I want their cars. Hell yeah. Um, fucking do what they tell you that they're worth. And they probably aren't even asking really for what they're, what they're, what they deserve. They're probably asking for a fraction of it. Uh, that's what I know about working for people. You never, none of you ever ask for what you're worth. You never have, you never will. And it's scary. And we're going to change that so that you do actually change that. And one day you will. <laughs> um, you got to support these workers when they stand up and tell you what they're worth. It doesn't matter whether they're museum workers, auto workers, city workers, hotel workers, culinary workers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Form a union. Get organized. Tell the motherfuckers named Brad and Jennifer what you're worth and that you are going to get that money, honey. Right? Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, with that in mind, uh, you know, we do need to read a little bit more, uh, get off some of this news. So let's read. We're going to read from the uh, illustrated black history book that we got from the Richmond Library near me. So not I don't own it because I'm broke. I can't afford anything. I was fired by Shamin Hotels for organizing. I have no money, but I have a library card. All right. All right, what did we open up to today? To whom did we open? Let's see. Let's see. All right, here's one. And again, I like doing this randomly because I think, you know, we just got to, we got to find out who these folks are. So this is Kathleen Neal Cleaver. And what are we going to learn about Kathleen? Kathleen, 1945 to present. All right, from the Illustrated Black History Book at, from the Richmond Public Library. There is plenty of work to do to reach what folks used to call the promised land. When a young Kathleen Neal Cleaver first encountered the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, she was a college student in New York City. That organization, a major leader in the civil rights movement, had begun to lean toward black power liberation, thanks in part to figures such as Stokely Carmichael. It was through Cleaver's involvement with the SNCC that in 1966, she was introduced to the Black Panther Party. She became one of the most one of its most prominent woman leaders. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Kathleen Neal Cleaver, Black Panther leader. Hell yeah, we love that. We love the Black Panthers. Um, born Kathleen Neal in Dallas, Texas, she was exposed to travel and ample educational opportunities throughout her childhood. Her mother had a master's degree in mathematics, and her father was a sociologist who worked for Tuskegee University and then the Foreign Service. His work took the family overseas to the Philippines, India, and Liberia. Cleaver dropped out of Barnard College. Didn't we just talk about Barnard College yesterday? Absolutely, we did. Barnard College is the ladies' college at Columbia University. The board of trustees of the King's College refused to have a ladies' college for 229 years, or something crazy like that. And we forget the name of the young lady, Annie something, that said, fuck you, fuck that. We're forming Barnard College at Columbia University, right? Fuck that. Kim Bobo, our good friend from Virginia Interfaith, alumna. I said alumnus earlier this week. Alumna of the uni uh, of Barnard College and Kathleen Neal as well. She dropped out of Barnard to help organize a student conference at Fisk University in 67. There she met Elridge Cleaver, the Minister of Information for the Black Panther Party. Within the year, she had moved to California. The two married and Kathleen became the communications secretary for the Panthers. 
She believed in focus on empower she believed in focus on empowering local black communities and in self-determination in all matters where power had been systematically extracted. Housing, education, health, and military service. The power sapping of the latter was especially evident during the Vietnam War. The draft, which disproportionately affected poor youth, was devastating black communities. Absolutely. The Black Panther Party, with its challenge to white authority, was subjected to government infiltration and constant surveillance. Shocker. After the Cleaver's home was raided, Elbridge was involved in an ambush against the police. Two officers were injured. Charged with attempted murder, he fled the country while on bail and lived in Cuba, Algeria, and France. Kathleen joined him in exile for 12 years, during which time the couple left the Panthers. The organization was disbanded in, in part due to disagreements among its young leadership over its goals, but also due to the FBI intelligence, counterintelligence efforts, which introduced spies and sowed discord. Partially, yeah, of course, it's part of the main reason. Right? Come on. The two founded the Revolutionary People's Communication Network as an offshoot in Algeria in 1971. Eventually, after return to the U.S., the Cleavers divorced in 1987. Kathleen returned to school, earning her bachelor's degree from Yale University in 1984. She got her law degree with a focus on civil rights prison reform from Yale Law in 1989. She joined the Emory University School of Law faculty in 1992, retiring in 2020. Damned if I don't say this every day, every day I end up talking about these people. And one of these days, you all are going to finally listen to me when I tell you that this Ivy League nonsense is real. I'm telling you this is real. Just today, in this story about Kathleen Cleaver alone, um, it features her professional correspondence speeches, interviews with figures such as Malcolm X, Huey Newton, and photographs of the Black Panther Party, the archives that allow scholars to analyze sociopolitical movements, gender roles, and how the media and U.S. government distorted the Panthers' work. Kathleen Neal Cleaver. Every day we talk about these networks. And, I, you know, again, I picked this randomly. I had no idea that this lady went to Yale, got her undergrad there and her law degree. And that was after making a pit stop at Barnard College, Barnard College at Columbia University. I can't. This shit writes itself. These networks and colleges are important. You're going to get your kids into one of them. I promise you. I swear to you. We're going to do it. Because that's how you end up making a difference and being in the black history book. So get literate. Uh, we love that with Kathleen, Neil. And that is also our Ivy League nonsense of the day, all in one, right? This, le this leader in the Black Panthers went to Yale and then Yale Law. That is phenomenal. That's what we need. We need more leaders in, in the uh, young revolutionary communities to be going to Ivy League schools or historically black colleges, either or. Uh, both phenomenal. So that was a little bit of reading. A wonderful person. Wonderful figure, Kathleen Neal. So we are going to remember Kathleen Neal. Love that. Fantastic. All right. Uh, we're going to go here in just a little bit. We're going to do a few more articles from Instagram. And then we're going to wrap up. I mean, Ivy League nonsense got done for us. Uh, what a win. All right. So we're going to switch back over here to our Instagram so that my face is not in your face so much. There we go. The Labor Network. We are the Labor Network. Labor.pains.show. You can find all of our cool shit uh, there. All right. 
11.3, this is from the Labor Beacon, 11.3%. That's what portions of Americans have a union. You can't pay rent while your big boss vacations three times a year. Let's fix that for you before next Labor Day, right? Absolutely, you gotta get a union. You gotta get organized. Remember, you need a union like you need a car, right? Absolutely. 11.3%, um, right? So what is that? We're gonna do some quick math because we just uh, we wonder how many people is that, right? Well, earlier we said that in 2006, there's 300 million adults, but we know now it's about close to 330 million. That is 330 million people. We're gonna find 11.3% of that, all right? We're gonna take this big old number and we're going to multiply it times 11.3%. Well, that's the same as multiplying by 0.113. All right. Get out the old calculator here. 33, 330 million people times 0.113. Oh, 100,000 million. My goodness. That is a lot of people. That is 37 million people. So that is a... Big number, big number. 37 million people are in a union, have a union. That's good. The problem is that that means that almost 300 million people don't. Yikes. You know? So there's 37 million people out there that can tell you how their life is better because of their union. We need more. That's not enough, right? We need that to be much closer to 100. <laughs> much closer. But a little quick math there. So I like that. A good, good example to use math. Um, the Labor Beacon also saying, yeah, cannabis unions. We love that. We talked about that earlier with the Teamsters. Um, here we go. I had to run this, had to show this. The Penn uh, Worker Museum, right? Uh, the Penn Museum workers at the Daily Pennsylvanian doing this, which I, I love this. So thank God that the Daily Pennsylvanian is reporting this. The Daily Pennsylvanian is the newspaper at Penn. We talked about Penn a lot yesterday. My former boss, Neil Amin, fired me twice. Or not fired me twice. He graduated twice from Penn. Top of his class at Wharton. That's the business school at Penn. So super grateful. Um, you cannot see them because of my overlay. So I apologize. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but Penn, <coughs> the Daily Pennsylvanian, <coughs> running this, which we love. <coughs> <laughs> on instagram the daily pennsylvania we're going to tag them for sure so we want pen workers to fight stand up get organized right i've been to the museum of pen it's very nice <laughs> excuse me um we want pen to get organized we want those workers to get what they're worth and finally i love this from philly warehouses again talking about pen pens in west philadelphia a fantastic post showing us how hard it is to work at Amazon, right? Nice laid back, uh, but it changes. All right, here come the packages rolling in. You got to scan them. Wherever the light flash at, you got to make sure you stuff everything inside of that box. All right, the jiffies and the boxes. Yeah, it's not easy at all. Here we go. After we have finished, finally, a couple hours later, some people have jobs where they be on the conveyor belts, grabbing the packages according to the numbers, letters. All right, here we go. The machine tells you where to go. You get the solid light first, then the flashing light. You grab the boxes, put them on your cart, 
Then you take them to a certain location, scan that location, so the drivers can come pick up their packages. Working at Am- Isn't that nuts? Can you imagine doing that at 1.20 in the morning as an Amazon worker? That's bullshit, right? That's absolute bullshit. Whatever they want, you give it to them, right? Everybody wants their Amazon. Working at Amazon. Do what, you know, a salad, scissors, prime. Come on, Tone. Uh, these folks work very hard. And that's what the Teamsters are there to protect them. So um, I want you to think about that, right? Philly, Philly Fair Warehouses. Great, great, great post. Working at Amazon, be like. Morning. Finally, before we go, we'll end on a positive note. Uh, everything does feel like it is blowing up around us. That is true, but it's really not. Things, you know, again, we're, we're, we are spiritual creatures here on a divine spiritual journey. Uh, everything's going to be all right. You know, the wheel of karma, you come down here, you play the game, you have some fun, and then it's over. Um, sometimes you're a working poor person. Sometimes you're, you know, a bozo uh, like me, no college degree, can't get a really good job. What can you do? Uh, you get organized. Um, but, you know, in another lifetime, I was probably a French prince. Uh, who knows, right? So uh, a little fun post here uh, from my collecting stories. They've got great art. We know art is so important. But this is Mount Etna. Mount Etna Volcano. Uh, very famous in Italy. So you know what? It's all right. Things feel like they're blowing up, but it's going to be fine. I promise you. You're going to get organized. You're going to get that money, www.labor.money. That's how you're going to find us on the labor network, right? So get organized, get that money. Um, <clears throat> you know, it seems like shit's going to blow up, but I promise you everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, and remember, as we share all the time, it's one of my favorite stories. It's right here in Richmond, Virginia. That's right. Uh, we love Richmond is for unions. We wore our Richmond is for union shirt for the first hour. Uh, this is our friends, SCIU 512, Victory for Richmond City Workers, a perfect example of something real in this town we are sitting in right now. Me and Grumpy Bear hanging out in Richmond, capital of the Confederacy, right? So what did these workers do? The, mostly a lot of black and brown workers are like, we're tired of this fucking Confederate shit. We're going to stand up. We're going to say no more. We're going to get the working conditions, wages, and benefits we deserve. And that's why they formed a union. They voted yes, absolutely. And by the end of the year, we know they are going to get the contract they deserve. So a uh, real life story. We're always going to end on that note. because We are in Richmond. We are for Richmond workers. And these Richmond city workers at SCIU 512 are a wonderful real life living example of what it means to stand up, get organized uh, and fight for their rights. So we love that. That's what we're all about here at the Labor Network. Uh, we are going to peace on out. Grumpy and I have got things to do because it's 3.17 in the afternoon. Uh, just a reminder, uh, we will not see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we are going to be in D.C. very early uh, to visit a bunch of our friends, even some friends that might have been mentioned by name in this paper here. Who knows? Who knows? So we will see you again. Maybe we'll see you Saturday morning for a quick D.C. version uh, if I've got time. Um, if not, we'll see you Monday morning, bright and early-ish, 8.30, on the, the morning show here on the Labor Network. Again, I'm Tony Miller, uh, wishing you love and solidarity. Have a great day.